1: Welcome to Off the Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews, the show that covers all things NRL.
2: Yeah, big show coming up uh, this weekend. Shane Watson's doing a bit of work with Woolies and travelling and doing some stuff with a club in New South Wales, northern New South Wales. We'll catch up with Watto about that and how cricket's going at the moment. Alex Brosk previews Australia versus Tunisia in the FIFA World Cup. Chris Nelson's got some tips as well. But part one of a very special chat between the great fullbacks whose first names are Gary. Gary Belcher caught up with Gary Jack uh, during the week. And he's part one of that chat here on Sports Days Off the Bench.
0: Done. Strong guy. Back inside the Dowling. Good run. Walks for support. Gets it to Sterling. Sterling swivels and gets it to Jack. Jack will go in for a try.
3: It's a rocker. It's a beauty. It's a gasser.
2: <laughs> it's a gasser.
4: It's a gasser. I don't know how the hell he scored that. It should have been someone else playing fullback. All right. Don't
2: start. I've Outstanding. Been, <laughs> I, I've been listening to you two have a discussion off the air whilst waiting to do this interview. You're already into each other. In fact... You're both fighting over who's tighter, you know. Like, and I—I I, I don't know Gary Jack for uh, at all, but Badge, I know sometimes you can be a bit tight. He is an amazing rugby league player, this bloke. And I said to you in Sats a couple of <laughs> weeks ago, Badge, if you could interview anyone before the end of the year, you throw up this bloke's name straight, straight away. Straight up, yep. Haven't
4: never done a, a, a proper one-on-one with Jimmy Jack, and uh, he's my uh, my second favourite kangaroo to, to, roommate ever. And he's on the line now. How are you, big fella? Uh, g'day, Badge. How are you? And what, what's your offside's name, Gaz? I forgot his name again. Woogie.
3: Boogie. Boogie. G'day, Boogie. Boogie. It's good to talk to you, mate. And I know we've never done a one-on-one interview, so who knows where this conversation I don't know. will go, Gav. Who yeah.
4: knows? Um, no. I've got what my d- finger on the button, what boys. What I do we'll know, when, you know I, when I go to Sportsman's lunches or just out and about with mates and – your name comes up. They always go, tell us about Jimmy Jack, that great rivalry you had with him. And, uh, and, and right in the middle of it, we got to, uh, to actually tour together. And back in the day in 86, when uh, fullbacks roomed with fullbacks, it was, uh, it was a good tour, wasn't it, back then?
3: Mm. Mm, yeah, it was, it was a great tour. Um, 86 there, Donnie and was the, the coach and Wally was the captain. Yes, they put us two together for 10 weeks. <laughs> now, you were a young up-and-comer. I think they said, "Just we'll put you with Jimmy, just to say so you can learn as much as you oh, can learn, to improve your own play." I, I think I'm sure that's what Donnie Fern was thinking. So anyway, we, we put together. We were together for a long time. We probably didn't speak too much the first two or three weeks. Well, you were always going to bed at seven o'clock, which is ridiculous, <laughs> you know. <it> just you are <laughs> obviously the newest guy in the team, and um, uh, slowly we become very good mates. And at, by the end of the tour, Gaz, I think we were we were really good mates, Sam. Um, obviously you went back to, to Canberra and I went to Balmain we never sort of got a hold of each other much after that but by the end of the t- the time we really enjoyed each other's company
4: yeah yeah and, and you just got to make you got to make do haven't you it was uh, it's a it is tough when you got a room with someone for a long time but i just want to go before that um, uh, lots of stuff happened in your career before that i i sort of just came on the scene with queensland that year and out out of brisbane but before that you came into the blues you know you you were playing for your first season with the magpies then you went to balmain and had that magnificent uh, and, and uh, storied career with the Balmain Tigers, but you made the Blues in 84. Did you feel like you sort of came out of nowhere? And, and of course, you played for Australia that year as well.
3: Yeah, uh, actually, I, I trained really hard 83, 84, because I think Greg Breton had retired. He was the Australian fullback end of 83, so there was a position there. I think Colin Scott may have done one test, uh, 83, which they had lost, so I really wanted to push hard and see if I could get into that side. Uh, in 84. At the start of the season, we played a trial. We played against uh, North Sydney and I broke my ribs. Donnie McKinnon and Steve Mayo fell on top of me. (laughs) About Mm -hmm. 38 stone, fell on top of me and they they cracked my ribs. So I missed the first six weeks of the season. So I started off in reserve grade that year um, for the first two games. Uh, And then once I got into first grade, I was lucky that that I I got I played, played well uh, Phil Sigsworth was trying to get in the spot as well and so too, I think Jimmy Swift was another one another guy there Marty Gurr was there as well and um I was fortunate that that I got the opportunity to play city and then from city I got picked to play for for New South Wales and um yes yeah, so, so started from there so that was that was the start of my rep career
2: yeah
4: no doubt at all and um it- you, what what a Belmain team to break into! I, from memory, you came in just about the same time as Gary Bridge. The two young blondies. He was your halfback, same. and he uh, was he was a, he was same a good time. player. Yeah, same time. There you go. And, and then those, yeah, that yeah, crew yeah. of players coming in around the same time, just around you, maybe a bit before, a bit after. Benny Elias and Blocker and and Ciro and and Junior and Gee. What a what a team you had. Yeah. Well, just on that
3: gas in eighty. 82 when I went to, went to Balmain from West, Gary Bridges first year, Steve, Ben Elias first year, Steve Roach's first year. So we all started together there in, in 82. I think 81 the Tigers had come last in the competition, the yeah. Wooden Spooners. Um, so so for that uh, we all joined there in, in 82 and kicked on. I remember we, we played a Panasonic Cup, it might have been KB Cup there against but the, uh, the Brisbane the Brisbane side midweek we played against the King. And uh, Gary Bridge, I think he scored three tries against the king that night. And everyone's going, Who's this Who's this? Gary Bridge? Who's this Gary Bridge? He's a fantastic player. Um, and uh, that was the sort of start of our career. And he, he was a great player, Gary Bridge. I, I'm, in fact, I'm yeah. sure that um, I, I sort of went on the back of because they got us confused and everything. He did well, they'd be calling Gary Jack when it should have been <laughs> Gary Bridge. Yeah. But somehow I sort of got through on the back of him. And so I can't thank Gaz enough,
4: yeah. Oh, beautiful, all right. And then and of course, Balmain. Um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about those grand yeah. finals a bit later on. But a couple of years later, you find it, on the back of some amazing success with New South Wales, you won that eighty-five series. Uh, you won eighty in eighty-six. You won three-nil, um, and on yeah. and then you was went. That away when you and, played Badge? did you play it in 86? Well, I came in in, in eighty-six. Yeah, so uh, only in game yeah. two. Yeah. So well, I'm not really taking any responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah, we got you later on. <laughs> yeah, what was the score in eighty-eight and eighty-nine? <laughs> It had to be six nil. Can't remember. You're, no, I, can't I think you remember. let Jonathan Docking have a game at one point, didn't you, mate? But um, no, no, well, I got suspended. So there oh, you go, got mate. suspended. There you go. Let's talk about the Kangaroo tour because uh, what a hell of a team that was. Was it uh, on the back of eighty two, where they'd they were invincible. They were called the Invincibles. There was a bit of pressure on the side. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel any, and I was actually in the midweek side, and I was, as I tell everyone, I had a I had a really social tour. Whereas, did you guys feel? a bit of pressure on to, to make sure you won every game, and won every test?
3: Um, not really. We, we knew that what happened in obviously 82, and we obviously, was, you know, there was Mal there, Wally was there, Bert was there, Sturlow. So those guys had come through. Gene was there from, from 82. So we just took it, you know, and seriously took it week by week. I suppose really, the only time I really felt the pressure was the third test when we played at Central Park and we played the Poms there and that was a really tight match, you know, Think they, they, we just there was a penalty try there that we got, which um, Dale Shearer was awarded a try. Um, it was a, that one I think we it was come back to 16 or 15, 14 or something, or 15, 12. It was a really close game, and then for that final 20 minutes, I knew the pressure was on because this could it could have gone either way. It really could have gone either way. Yeah. We were very fortunate. Um Royce Simmons tucked up the blind and set up for, for Wally, and then uh, then I think Wally scored the try, which put us ahead. Um, and even to the death, yeah, you know, I think uh what's his name, the the winger there for uh for Great Britain, um Drummond, I think his name was. Yeah. Uh, he, he nearly scored at the death. So it, it really could have gone either way, but, but look, we did we did fight hard. Um a great side, you know, so many Brett Kenny, Peter Sterling, you know, Wally Lewis, Mal Meninga uh, yeah, Steve Roach, Roycey, uh, Roycey, Royce, just a great, great team. I think we all sort of gelled together um, as mates, and that's a good thing about tours. You, you do gel with guys, and I think we did put that that New South Wales Queensland rivalry. It was there certainly in '85 when we when we toured New Zealand. It was certainly there in '85 when four Queenslanders got dropped. Yeah. And whole hell was to play for poor old Terry firmly after that. has never got over that, but I think he made the right decision. No, we're still going to go
4: there. Oh, <laughs> right decision. You lost the next <laughs> test, you knuckleheads, <laughs> without the Queenslanders. Hey, on that 86, that, on the relief yeah. of that winning that last game on tour and the test and wrapping up the series undefeated, is that is that why you let your hair down and went on a bit of a bender that night? Never asked you this. Uh,
3: yeah, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that, that's what happened. Yeah, I think like, we all did, didn't we? Up there. No, no. Um, you in particular it, did. It was just, re- <laughs> it was a, just some release we, that we uh, got through. What happened? Th- there was well, um, there yeah, was that- there was
4: this story that went around from eighty two when Mal was a young bloke, and he at the, um, the end of the last test, um and I'd only just we'd only just sort of heard about it at that time that. Mel went on a, a bit of a bender, and he and he broke a few things that he shouldn't have, and he was just, went, he, just he had a few too many, and he went a bit bit uh, APO. Mm. Well, Jimmy Jack decided to be Mel Meninga at the end oh. of the 86 test, and he just, yeah, he was he got drunker than I've ever seen him. What'd you Probably do? The,
2: What'd he do? What'd you well, do? Well,
4: stuff I'm not going to tell you. Oh, right. Um, there was no actual, <laughs> there was nothing damaged, uh, but... Um, yeah, he just uh, he went a bit crazy. I just I, I just crumpled into a, into a heap in my room. Oh, you and were
3: crooked the next day. To for about six for six hours. Yeah.
4: Hey, um, now <laughs> yeah. you can, confirm or deny? I do tell a few stories. Um, at that you feature in them, Jimmy, And I know your Belmain teammates do as well. And it's a bit it's a bit to do with you being pretty um pretty pretty tight with your money. Thanks. So thanks, you admit, uh, do you admit that?
3: I can't believe it. I can't believe you're throwing stones that well, seriously.
4: Well, I mean, I'll just. I'll let you go first. You can confirm or deny these then. We were having mystery shouts at the bar <laughs> with Sterlock. Stirling called them at the Dragonara one afternoon, one night. And it got to your shout yeah. and you disappeared. And then the lifts opened yeah. up and you appeared with the 4X cans that were in our fridge that we, they'd given us at the deny. start of the tour.
3: Deny. Oh, deny. you <laughs> Okay, it wasn't. It wasn't the Dragon Art. Was over in France. <laughs> <laughs> and, what, what did the, you, uh, didn't you tell them? St- and you, you couldn't. You couldn't get a four X over there. They were all drinking this you know, low and brow, or whatever. And I came down with a six pack. And the fellas just thought it was the best uh, we, drink they'd ever had. Oh, their no. entire tour. <laughs> do, all right, that's the truth. Yeah, recall. Yeah. I, I do recall. I, I do recall oh, Terry Lamb was quite tight with money too. And in fact, I. I won 33 quid one day off Terry Lamb playing cards. And he wouldn't give me the 33 quid. He said, I'll, I'll pay it I'll pay back to Jimmy. he paid pay me back a pound a day. Right? A pound <laughs> oh,
4: a day. good work.
3: So after about 30 days, I had 30 quid in my ashtray next to my bed. And one night, Badge, I don't know what Badge was thinking. He must have got a hit in the head or something. He, he's come home late and he needed some money. So rather than spend his own money, he takes me 30 quid out of the ashtray. I wake up next morning and it's empty. It's just... He says to me, "Oh, sorry, Jimmy, I had to borrow some money last night to go out
4: for a drink. I, I took your money." <laughs> well, we heard didn't heard have any. Story. We had no credit cards, and we had no, and and reception was closed, and there was uh, all we had was travelers' yeah. checks. So I had to borrow some money, but I can't believe you knew Thanks, exactly thank
3: you,
0: Jimmy. to yeah. the
4: cent. He went bad. Thirty-three pounds, <laughs> missing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Hey, yeah. do you remember? Yeah.
3: No, I, re- I remember.
4: Do you remember <laughs> well, on I the remember. bus? The bus trip. Back after that last test, or no, one of those tests, no. when you and I were playing no, cards no. and you owed me like fifteen hundred quid, <laughs> you do.
3: Yes, I do. You do. I do remember that. Yeah, and the I story behind remember, it yeah. is that
4: Rowdy Shearer you, was dealing, you kept and he doubling was up. Rowdy was cheating and making sure I got the best hands, <laughs> and we both had a few drinks. Jimmy didn't notice, and I just kept I just telling I've got four aces, I've got a royal flush. It was unbelievable. <laughs> And yeah. we got home and, and the boys are uh, going and we put bus pulled up and Jimmy's going, one more double or nothing and we We gotta go. Uh, and the boys everyone uh, knew that I was Rowdy was cheating, except for, for Gary Jack. Oh. We went up to our room yeah, yeah. and his head's down and he's gone, he said, Badge, I, I can't I can't believe, it. you know, you're gonna make me pay this money back. He said, Donna and I are doing up the kids' room, she's expecting <laughs> and it's do it. yeah. i don't think we're going to be able to do it he used kids oh he
2: did. <laughs> is it what about the other said, story we got to,
4: we've got to buy
3: we got to buy some wallpaper some yeah. wallpaper
2: <laughs> this
1: is off the bench nrl we'll be back soon welcome back this is off the bench
2: nrl that's the place to go and Shane Watson has converted to the three figures champion innings
1: yeah 59 tests and 190 ODIs as well with a handful of T20s and he is one of Australia's greatest all-rounders he's got a great concept and great support for for local cricket and that man is Shane Watson you just heard he's joining us on sports day how are you Shane
5: I'm going great. How are you guys? Really good. good,
1: really good. Now uh we'll talk to you a little bit more about uh today's third IDO, which Australia are in great uh, great control of. But uh the Woolworths cricket blast, tell us more about that.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm here in my Woolmba uh Career Club um to this afternoon. Uh, Woolworths have been um kinda of, well, very kind about a donate fifty thousand dollars to the Wollongbaa Cricket Club. They were hit very, very hard as a lot of communities around Australia have been hit so hard by the floods over the last, um, over the last year. So um, Woolworths have donated $50,000 to be able to help them get back on their feet to renovate their, their clubhouse that was hit so badly by the floods. Um, very um, A very important barbecue um, to be able to <laughs> help everyone sort of um, get the feeling that they need as well um, and also just help the registration for the young P20 cricket blasts as well. So there's... Um, yeah. It's a great initiative from Woolworths because um, that's what the community all about. To be able to help people get back on their feet when they hit some um, tough times.
4: Yeah, good on you, Watto. And this sort of stuff's needed uh, everywhere. And great stuff from from Woolworths for helping out. So this is also going to cover registration fees, I believe, for uh, for the kids for the yeah the cricket blast, as you said.
5: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, obviously, with um, this community being hit so hard by by the floods, it's just um, yeah, Woolworths are are going to be paying for the registration fees for the, the Woolworths Cricket Blast for, for next season for any young boy and girl who, who signs up just to be able to help them um, on well, find find their feet uh, to get back on their feet.
4: Yeah, it's, it's glad, I'm glad to see you doing this because last time, well actually probably the um, last time I, I, I spoke to you, it's Gary Belcher, we were, it was about 20 years ago yeah. and you came up with the origin side up to Corumban Valley <laughs> at Gwingana for we had a bit of a cricket yeah. match. We always played a traditional cricket match. I think it came up with heels, is that right? And I'm just, yes, I'm just, that's I'm, right. I reminded Sats off the air. I think that was the time when Steve Walters, one of the managers, came out and battered his whole innings nude. <laughs> was that the same? Yeah. <laughs> the same one? I'm not sure.
5: <laughs> oh gosh, I, I remember. That, I remember that that time like it was yesterday. I've always been a huge, um, well, gosh, growing up Ipswich, I was a huge State of Origin Queensland fan, so that was one of the, one of the highlights of my of my life was being a part of the Origin
1: camp. Now, one of the one of the highlights would not, <laughs> not be Steve Walters. Yeah. No. <laughs> He's had, he had his big, big fat blurter. Oh, he blah, did, blah, blah, yeah. yeah. So, um, now to what wouldn't have been great scenes is um, is seeing the the devastation that it has happened to to local sporting clubs and most notably the Bar Cricket Club. There, what's the damage been like? Have you seen it firsthand? Now you've been there.
5: Yeah, so the the damage has really been is, is especially around the the clubhouse. So the canteen um facilities just been have been wiped out because of the because of the floods. Um the ground is gradually sort of getting back to back to it back to its best. Um but it's just been so difficult for, for the club to be able to just um well yeah, the canteen's non existent, so it's been a it's a very needed, much needed thing to be able to help is the career club get back on its feet and the, and most importantly as um, I know from a cricket perspective, the career clubs within local, uh, within local towns are the half of the community. So it's so important to be able to help the cricket clubs get back on their feet because you know, cricket, um, the summertime is, is all about cricket. So it's such an important, important time.
1: And you hear all the kids in the background having as much fun as possible. And, and it's a great initiative of covering, the, covering the, the registration fees. And what's been the feedback with registration numbers in and around those regional areas? Is it, is it still very strong?
5: Well, it's been, it's been a tough time in these in the regional areas and around Australia in general just because of obviously COVID to start with and then going into the um, devastation of the floods in these regional communities in particular. So the um, registrations are really starting to pick up here, um, here at the Wollongbaa Career Club and in around the Tweed Coast. Uh, they, they are seeing uh, the registrations really start to pick up now. Um, but it has been a very tough time for, for all communities and all, all community sport with um, the challenges that have been around for the last couple of years. But things are definitely starting to pick up and and this um, donation by West will certainly help. The youngsters continue to be able to um, get, in, get into cricket and, and start their journey. of um, The the great game, great game of career, which has been so good, uh, such a huge part of my life.
4: Yeah, well, while you're out there helping the grassroots, are the... Uh the big boys are underway, or in fact, uh, the Aussies nearly through their innings. I'm not sure if you're, you're probably keeping an eye on this. Three for 306, Australia. Six overs to go. Travis Head 150, and and Davy Warner scored a a ton. Looks like we've got our uh, our openers locked down, especially especially Travis Head for the uh, the short, long, and and mid-term.
5: Oh, absolutely. Travis Head certainly made the most of his opportunity to be able to open the batting and. 152 yeah. is a is a great statement to say that this is this is my position. So, um, like anything in life, you need to be uh, ready to take an opportunity that comes your way. And Travis said by getting 150 today, certainly so certainly um, do that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great great time for him to be able to put his hand up with that opportunity that's
4: there. Do you reckon the Poms have taken their foot off the throat a bit since they won the T20, or is it just we're we're far and away a, a better um, ODI team than we are in the uh, the shorter format?
5: I England are a very a very good one day in T Twenty team. I think they're just still in celebration mode after winning the T Twenty World Cup, which is an amazing achievement yeah. from their from their group with a um, with a new captain, with a new with a new coach, with Matthew Mott as well. So um, I still think
3: they're
5: probably still celebrating such a such a great achievement. Obviously, the, the Australians have had to regroup very quickly, and they've got a, a lot of those players and the team. have got a lot of a, you know big points to prove. So. Um, you can see why the Aussies have been so dominant in this series, knowing that the English have still probably enjoying a few beers. Celebrating. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Now we're talking to Shane Watson here on Sports Day. Shane, you would obviously keep an eye on the all-rounders, and currently Cam Green seems to be the man for Australia. Everyone keeps questioning what sort of format he'll fit into. Is he the all-rounder that will fit into all formats? You think?
5: Oh, he certainly is. Yeah, he's got he's got all the skills. He's uh, he's got the foundations of an incredibly sound technique to be able to play very well and um, for a long period of time in Test cricket, and then he's got the power and the and the skills with the with the ball to be able to um, integrate that down into One Day in T Twenty cricket as well. So he's for me, he's I I never miss a game that he plays because I just love watching mm-hmm. him play the way he goes about the game. He's obviously, got, he's got extreme height as well, which is a huge advantage as a bowler to give him a little bit more of a. Um, competitive advantage over the batters as well, so um, he, he for me is certainly nearly, well I think he's one of the generation out of his skill set that he has um, and he, he seems like he's got a really good head on his shoulders as well and he's just taken it all in his stride which is even even more impressive with, his, with the skill set that he's got
1: Yeah, Mitchell Stark, did he remind everyone especially the selectors um, in the ODIs how potent yeah. he is after being left out of those, those, those in clutch the T20 games?
5: Yeah, yeah uh, it's too hard to get your head around, isn't it? That that last game against, the big game against Afghanistan we needed to, Australia needed to dominate that game, which means you need your biggest biggest and best uh, wicket-taker to be playing, and it's Mitchell Stark he doesn't normally need too much of ammunition to, to be able to show how good he is and he, he certainly showed that in this series, which is no surprise to the majority nah. of people around around Australia and how, around the
4: world. How relieved would the Poms have been at that time and he wasn't playing. Hey, how's your book going, mate? I know you, you released your book, it was that only a few weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, a
5: couple of weeks ago, yeah. Um yeah, winning the end of battle. It's going, it's going really well. It's been um, really nicely received. It's just um, a mental skills book for specifically for cricket, but the the principles are very um, well across the board to anyone who wants to be the best they can be and just understand what how to create the right mental environment. So um, yeah, it's going, it's going, it's going really good. Oh. It's something that I've always, from the time that I got, um, I got access to this information about five years ago. Um, it's been in, in the process to be able to get this book out there. So. And I'm self-publishing it, so I'll have to put it out there. The only way that you can purchase the uh, Winning the Inner Battle is through my website, shanewatson.au. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's, go, it's, going, it's going really well, which um, I, had a, I had a sense with working um, with people around the mental skills for the last four years that it's going to be pretty well received, and, and it has been, which is really nice.
1: Christmas coming up too. Yes. Perfect timing. What's the inner special? So, Shane, Watson, what? tell us what the Inner Battle is. What's, what's the Inner yep. Battle within people?
5: <laughs> you gotta get in the a book. battle is the the demons that we always the well yeah the demons that we always um fight is just that in more so the internal dialogue that's all that's always there and just understanding that we can control it in internal dialogue if we really if we really want to because we do have that control over our mind just understanding to and the different the, the skills to be able to just make the most of that control that we do have to be able to try and win that battle every single day, and um, and that's whether that's and that's everyone's always performing in any any part of your life, and for us to be able to be the best version of ourselves, we need to understand um, exactly what mental environment we need to be at our best. Some people and a lot of people just innately sort of just know how to get there, but a lot of people, and I was certainly one of those. I was very good at um, sabotaging my own performance because I was very good at beating myself up.
1: Interesting. Now I'm sure this is in the book, but. Out of all the great players you played with or against, is there a player that comes to mind that was able to control that you know, That inner battle? Was that be able to control every facet of their professional life?
5: There was a few that really stand out to me. Shane Warne was certainly one of those. He was just uh, incredible. he just been able to shut out the noise and just focus on the pro of what he needed to do every single ball and just do it ball after ball. That was one of his incredible strengths. Um, Matt Hayden was probably the one that stood out to me. He was able to develop that, that mental that mental toughness to be able to not even have the discipline in his own thoughts to be, to be able to not even look at the scoreboard and just be that process driven on just watching and reacting to the ball coming down and doing that ball after ball that he didn't even look at the scoreboard and to know how many runs he was on. And that, for me, is incredible mental discipline and mental toughness just to be able to just stay totally present and react to the ball that's coming down and have no, not allow yourself to be able to um, have any other thoughts um, infiltrate your mindset whatsoever. So that, for me, was something that was very, very inspiring.
1: Great insight. ShaneWatson.au, yeah. if you want to get the book before Christmas, a great Christmas gift. And, and you're there for a, also a, a great initiative and great support for Moorland Bar Cricket Club. Um, and in conjunction with Woolworths, giving back to the regional cricket much-needed Uh, which was heavily affected by the floods. So, Shane Watson, thank you for taking time out and joining us on Sports Day.
5: My pleasure. It's great to chat to you guys. Thanks so much for having me.
1: This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL.
2: Sutar, the base of the centre circle, plays a long diagonal ball out to Lecky on the right flank and a good touch as well. Pavard hit the ground, the cross comes in. Goodwin! Craig Goodwin has the opener. Australia 1 0 up on the French. Yeah, everyone jumping up and down very early this morning at, well, in my house, 10 past 5 gun. How good's this? We're going to win this 3 0 and then. Yeah, the French woke up, ended Mm. up beating us 4-1. Alex Brosk, who you quite often hear on the global game across the SCN network and the SCN app, joining us now on Sports Day. Alex, it was good for that first 10 minutes, wasn't it, mate? Mm -hmm.
0: Oh, it was very good. I mean, the emotions we all would have felt. Look, in reality, I I wasn't expecting much. I, you know, prepared myself, sat down, ready to watch the game, thinking as long as we put in a good performance. But... um, Seeing the result last night, Saudi Arabia being Argentina, that sort of got me a little bit more hopeful than I was. And then with the way that we started, 1-0 up, I thought, hold on a second, this 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 could be. I mean, we could actually beat France. And then uh, it unfortunately went, um, you know, I guess as expected in a way. You know, we were beaten quite comfortably in the end by a, a team that is, is stacked with talent and outrageous players. And uh, unfortunately, we just couldn't keep up with them.
4: Yeah, Alex, uh, but we could have, you know, quite, I know they scored a couple of goals in that first half after after our first one, but we went very close to levelling the scores. Had that happened, uh, I'm not sure who it was, but hit the post, could it have been a different story in the second half if they went in two all, maybe a little bit more nervous, the French?
0: Um, look, I, I don't know. I, I still think they ran over the top of us in that second half. I think what it definitely would have done, because I, I remember the moment and thinking, you know, if, we, if we'd if we equalise there just before half-time, I mean, the lift that it would have given the players, you, you go into the sheds a completely different player. You know, you, you go in thinking, hold on, we're, mm. we're tied with France here. We've scored two goals against them. They're definitely beatable. Uh, we can get something out of this game. Instead of going in the way they did, thinking, right, we went up, we... After 20 minutes, it all went south, and this could end up getting ugly. So a completely different mindset going into the halftime change. It could have changed things, but I, I still look at the quality that they have and, and the way that we ended up playing in that second half, which was pretty much just sitting back. You know, that in-your-face style, that aggressive uh, you know, game plan that Arnie wanted to or told us he was going to play in making the French uncomfortable, I, I, I didn't really see it. You know, I didn't see enough of it.
4: hmm was there anything else or anything tactically that you thought we could have got better?
0: Look, I, I agreed with what the boys said on, on the panel. I think that, um, you know, I think probably the changes came a little bit too late. Um, you know, probably before that third one goes in, you know, I think you could see the pattern that the game was heading towards. It was only ever going to be at, you know, from 2 1 at half time with the way we started the second half. It was a matter of time before the third one, the fourth one came. So I think Arnie at that moment probably could have been a bit you know, braver and, and thrown on the likes of Garan, Quall, Al-Mobile, um, and Cummings, you know, just to try something, to see if that sparks anything. You've got guys on the bench that are hungry and they're watching the game go by and thinking, coach, get me on, I can do something. That's why I'm here. Um, and with the game, the way that it was heading, I think it was set up for... To try something different, and he um, and he didn't. And look, we in the end we we copped that third and the fourth, and and we didn't really put up a fight in the end.
2: It's been a lot of talk about France, and you know the players not getting along. They had injuries. Geez, they looked all right for a team that doesn't like each other. Did they meet expectations? <laughs>
0: Uh, They certainly did. I think there's a lot more to come from them as well. I think, look, all all those sorts of things, the unrest and, you know, I think people like the media in particular like to make more of of what it is. At the end of the day, these guys understand how incredibly uh, special it is to be part of a moment like that, to be at a World Cup and to think that and to know that those moments don't come around for everyone all the time. So, They'd be doing everything. I'm sure that all those things behind closed doors. Uh, I'd say they are still a, a very tight knit group. You could see it on the field. Whether they are or they aren't, they know how, they've got the quality to still carry out a game plan, win games, score goals, and um, you know I, I think they will be, uh, you know, a huge contender.
2: We saw a, a nil or draw between Tunisia and also Denmark, which is great for the Socceroos, mm-hmm. Uh because uh, just trying to work it out. Uh, if France do their job and beat Tunisia and Denmark, all we need then, and I say all we need is if it's easy, um, is a win and a draw. Is that correct to go through? Pretty much. And then depending on the other
0: results as well, you'd think it'll come down to goal difference possibly because um, there will be another team that will more than likely finish on, on four points as well with us if that happens. Um, And that 4-1, you know, could come back to hurt us. So, again, that's why at 2-1 down, I would have liked to see us be a bit bit more brave and and actually go for it and see if we could have, in that second half, pinched another one. But you're right, there's still a lot to play for. I think the boys would would have seen enough from themselves in that first 20, 30 minutes to think, you know, if we took it to France, if Saudi Arabia can beat Argentina, Mm. you know, we're more than good enough to go and beat Tunisia now and get something out of the next two games.
2: Is that the greatest upset? in World Cup history with Saudi Arabia beating Argentina?
0: Oh, look, I can't remember, um, and I haven't looked too far, but to be honest, I, I, I don't think there probably would be one. Um, you know, Saudi Arabia being Argentina, uh, it, mm. unheard of, unheard of. It, it's uh, it, it's going to be a result that uh, will be remembered for a very, very long time.
4: Yeah. So all or nothing now, um, who, who has to play more minutes? Uh, we keep hearing... Qual, the young bloke who who came on with, or not long to it was already four uh, one. Do we have to see him on the park more, or, or is it or anyone else?
0: Look, well, Aiden Hrustic, he didn't play uh, in this game. He carried a, an ankle injury, and with you know, with no Tom Rogic there, he is our go to guy in terms of uh, creating chances. Um, he's a wonderful player in that attack. That I think we. I wouldn't say missed last night because, I, we didn't, in, in truth, we didn't have much of the ball. So it, it probably would have been a game that, that would have wasted his talents anyway. But in the next two games, I'd say he will play and, and he'll be key to you know, getting us to create more chances and hopefully uh, winning some games.
2: All right, we've got Tunisia, 9 o'clock Australian Eastern Daylight Time on Saturday nights. Uh, the Socceroos, can we expect a win? Tunisia, yes. I, I heard today, have got a lot of support in Qatar. we got them covered.
0: Oh, they would. They absolutely would. And um, look, from what I heard, they weren't overly impressive uh, against Denmark. Um, look, I think I think we can. This is this is the game, right? Tunisia is looking at us as the team that they've got to beat. Uh, that you know, three points for them, and we're looking at them the same way. So mm. it's going to be a, an incredible game. The time for us here in Australia is perfect at nine o'clock. And look, I, I definitely think that uh, you know I, I'm. More hopeful now and and more optimistic now than even before the france game that uh, that we can get something out of this game
2: all right Alex Brosk from the global game, of course, the global games coming up after us uh, will coming up shortly on our seN stations. You're not involved though you're not in tonight's show it's the the boys uh, of no, no, no. from Qatar.
0: Exactly right. So, Simon got himself a little trip away. Where's uh, your trip? Great. It gives me time to, uh, well, mine, <laughs> unfortunately, is down to my couch and, and, and back, and that's about it. So, I get to watch, enjoy, just like everybody else, which is good. I'm actually grateful for the, uh, for the time off just to get to enjoy the
2: World Cup. We've got Simon Hill and jo- John Cosmina in Qatar on a junket. We've got Scott Sattler in New Zealand on a junket. Think of Alex Brosk. Come on, everyone. (laughs) He's had his junkets. (laughs) World Cups and Olympics and everything
4: else. Hey, mate,
2: thanks thanks for your time on Sports Day tonight, and good luck. Come on, the Socceroos on Saturday night.
1: (laughs) Thanks, boys. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. I was going to ask you this badge because you can probably comment better than most. You went on two Kangaroo Tours, 1986 and 1990. 86 was the Unbeatables, not the Invincibles. The Invincibles was 82. Yeah, the Unbeatables. And uh, Mel, as you said on Patton Hills this morning, wants to talk about the international game and how do we capitalise on the the World Cup momentum. It's all about the scheduling and and possibly introducing Kangaroo Tours back.
0: Um, Well, we need a schedule. We haven't had a schedule for a long period of time, so we just don't know where from year to year what's happening, you know, in our game. So um, we knew that obviously with, with you know, the pandemic that put a bit of a hold on everything, but I just feel now that we can't let this chance go by. We've mm. we've got to have a schedule. We've got to have a four-year schedule, say, from World Cup to World Cup. It's just like the good old days when we had kangaroo tours, you know, yeah. it was from kangaroo tour to kangaroo tour, then you had all these scheduling in between. So... And once you've got your schedule, then obviously you, know, you can start to build your assets around all that and, you know, when you get sponsors, sponsors can jump on board. Your supporter tours can jump on board. Players can start planning, uh, you know, what they want to do as far as their, you know, who they want to play for and things like that. I think that's that's the, Im- the important part of it.
4: Yeah, and television rights, all of that stuff that ties into it getting a, a better schedule. Now, because there's been a lot of drama in the game and then, you know, COVID and it, it, there's been so many interruptions but I think – I think Mel, Mel is right. One of the issues they've got with kangaroo tour sets, and I love a kangaroo, and I'd love them to go again. And, and we used to go and play, you know, for the best part of three months and um, about eight weeks in England, and then three in France. But well, you can't really go and spend that long in France anymore. They're not strong enough. I reckon you could maybe go and play maybe both clubs over there, and a test on the way over as sort of a warm up, and then go to England. You want to play against the, the, the best club sides, uh, which helps them out, and then you play some tests. The, we used to do that because their season was just starting. Mm. Now they play at the same time as us. So for, for a lot of the clubs, if they don't make the finals, they're finished in August, and you're going to arrive in October, maybe November, and start to play against the English clubs. Um, it's, it's just tricky, isn't it, to have all of those players – and clubs available so
1: far out of their out of their season when they're normally having their off season. I think a lot of the players at the UK Super League clubs, the provincial sides, yeah, St Helens and Leeds, those really strong clubs. I still believe a lot of those players they're on show. You know, years gone by when you're on Kangaroo Tours badge that was a great opportunity for the UK players to possibly look at a short period in the NRL. Little sort of Martin of Fire come across Phil Clark but also and
4: Yeah, Yeah, And it was just a buzz as well for all the fans and yeah. just to play against the Kangaroos and be part of that uh, that whole experience. And we were going to play teams in Cumbria up in mm. uh, the north-west and they, you know, they didn't have players that were going to make it in the NRL. But they the long, proud tradition in Workington and Warrington and all these other clubs. So, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's just a little bit tricky. But I suppose if, if they said, hey, you've got to keep training for – the next six weeks because you're going to play the kangaroos. I,
1: I, I suppose they would, and you're not going to get paid extra for it. Now, if something back part in the 80s, gate gate takings something part of back in the 80s and 90s that you never had badge was the Rugby League Players Association, which is a great thing for the game and the code, and yes. as as is the AFL and uh, all sports uh, that have the players associations. But we, now there's a period where they don't want you to play, train, do anything. You've got to have downtime. So yeah, you know, the last kangaroo tour was 1994. Do the current players? Do they understand how important a kangaroo tour was for the game? Oh, I love that nostalgic component of the game. I don't think we can lose that nostalgic mm. component. Reintroducing a kangaroo tour, uh, I think, is really important to the game. It's only once every four years. It's not every year. Yep. And even playing those provincial, uh, provincial sides, you wouldn't be playing. How many games would have you played on a kangaroo tour? Base? Uh, like, Terry Lamb played every game of 90- 90 of 86? 20 games. 20 games. Yeah, and I think
4: in 90, it might have been the same, 19 or 20.
1: Who played, Did it, was there a player that played every game Terry 90? Lane.
4: No, no, I don't Not think there Not Brandy, it was. no? I think, I think, um, I think Barr is the only one that's ever done it. Okay. So there's a lot of games, So, but he kept insisting. Donnie Ferner was going to, you know, stand him down at the end of the tour and say, hey, have a rest, and he said, oh, I want to play, I, I want this record, you know, with a couple of weeks to go, and... Uh, I think it might have been the King, who was the captain, went to Donnie and said, no, no, play him. He wants to play. So he's on the bench for the tests and played every other game at
1: 5-8. Or... That's amazing. Yeah. Time for a racing update for Racing Queensland. Queensland is your place to race this year.
2: Uh, certainly is. And the man who's in the know with all things racing in Queensland, Chris Nelson joining us. Hello, Nelson. Jace Badge, how are you guys? Very good. good. We are very good, mates. Um, plenty good. happening around the southeast this weekend.
6: Yeah, plenty of racing, of course, this weekend. A big meeting at the Gold Coast. That's our feature meeting on Saturday uh, with a couple of listed races there. Looking forward to those. But we also race at Ipswich. We also race at Kilcoy and Toowoomba. They're the TAB meetings. Plus, if you're in the country areas, Bar Calden, Mount Isa and Thangool are also meetings uh, oh, being cool. held on Saturday. And, of course, yeah, Thangool. And the Sunshine Coast will race on Sunday. And Kilcoy, guys, I might head out to Kilcoy on Saturday. Have you been out there? Uh, not for a long time. No, where is it? West well, West west. It's about an hour and a coast. half. Yeah. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half from me, apparently. No, so, how many long necks? Uh, oh, that's the <laughs> distance. It's about, for you, uh, an hour and a half, um, 17.
4: Okay, good. No, drink
2: <laughs> responsible.
4: <laughs> He'll be a passenger with you,
6: you driving, Nelson. Got some hot tips for us, mate, around the place? Well, not for Kilcoy, because I haven't looked at that yet, but around the place, yeah. Now, guys, um, I have got some for the Gold Coast on Saturday, and they are race 7.0. Or the best bet, race eight, number two, Holyfield, who won the Keith now a couple of weeks ago, I think wins again. There look to be a lot of chances in that race. Emerald Kingdom and Holyfield look the two; they should settle pretty much one-two, and I think that's how they'll finish with Holyfield winning number two. Uh, number eleven in race five, Vaccine for Tony Golan resumes from a break. She was really good last preparation. She tried well on Tuesday. I think she can win and won at a bit of value. Race seven, number three, Mimi Lagarde, who, if you remember, ran second badge. You'll know this on uh, Magic Millions Day last year in the Guineas behind King of Sparta. Yeah. She ran on from last place. She's had three runs since. She's been out of the place. Now, two of them are on heavy tracks. Doesn't go a yard in the wet. And the latest was at Eagle Farm just over a month ago where she had no luck in the straight. She's good odds. Don't be surprised if she runs a big race. Race seven, number three, Mimi Lagarde. Oh, like it. Rightio, mate. Sounds good. Uh,
2: Queensland is racing. By the way, don't forget next Thursday night you're joining us at Albion Park. Yeah. We're there. uh, We're doing a special outside broadcast at the Dogs. When they said to us, particularly Badge and I, guys, do you want to do an outside broadcast from the track? Uh, We couldn't have answered quick enough. Like,
6: How good is this (laughs) going to be? I know. I am looking forward to it. I I love those sorts of things. And I haven't been to the... uh, the dish lickers at Albion Park, so I'm really looking forward to it. No, be good. We'll that, to...
4: They don't mind you calling the dish lickers? No, yeah? they're, fine.
6: they're fine. Well, they haven't complained yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'll
2: have to, maybe we'll have to put a little punters club together, boys, uh, on the night. Yeah. We all just chuck in a couple of bucks each. What do you reckon? Yeah, yep. Beauty. All righty, beauty. You can organise that, woogie. Yeah, and Chris will no doubt pick
6: us some winners. No, I won't be doing the tips. Yeah, give it to someone that knows what that they're talking Australian about. Is that throwing that money that he owes you from the last...
2: That's right. He still owes... Oh, <laughs> why'd you... Man, now it's stressed me out again. Mm. He owes me $37. Wow.
6: Has I'm, he left town? I haven't heard him for a while.
2: Well, he's... No, you heard he's on that, he's on that junket in New Zealand.
6: Oh, Okay. Mm creep me like? if I'm right. There goes your $37. I <laughs> know, yeah, oh, that's exactly. right.
2: Anyway, uh, we'll see you next uh, Thursday night at Albion Park. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Actually, I know who we'll get tips from, Lukey Gatehouse. Yes. The CEO, he'll give yes. us some tips. Absolutely. He knows his stuff. All right, Nelson, have a good weekend, mate.
6: You too, guys. Thanks. This is
2: Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon.